been talking about God's choices. I want to bring this subject to a close. Is that okay? Oh, I say, is that okay? I'm excited about next week. I'm excited because I believe that God is, has a word in season for us. Amen. So let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 from 18 to 31. If you permit me, I will not give a summary of it. I'll just go straight to what I want to talk about today. Is that all right? So we know the scripture, 1 Corinthians 1, 18 to 31. But I'm going to read just about three or four scriptures, uh, verses on, on there, and then I'll leave the rest because we have already read it so many times. For the message of, of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has God not made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since the world, for since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For the Jews request a sign and the Greek seek after wisdom. Hallelujah. So I'll leave the rest of the passage. You know it. But today I want to talk about 10 people that God uses. 10 people. So my message for today is 10 people that God uses. 10 people that God uses. And you can find my, uh, the scripture for my assignment today in Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4, we're going to read from verse 7 to 18. Colossians chapter 4. You see 10 guys in this chapter that are mentioned in this passage. And this 10 represents you and I. Amen. Tychicus, a beloved brother, is a good name, isn't it? Tychicus, a beloved brother, faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord, will tell you all the news about me. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that he may know your circumstances and comfort your hearts. With Onesimus, Onesimus, which is also another good name, a faithful and a beloved brother who is one of you, they will make known to you all things which are happening here. Aristarchus, Aristarchus, a fellow prisoner, greets you with Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And Je Jesus, who is called Justice, these are my, my only fellow workers, for the kingdom of God, who are of the circumcision. They have proved to be, to be a comfort to me. Epaphras, it's another good name, who is one of you, a bond servant of, G of Christ, greets you, always laboring. I think Epaphras, we, we have one in our church, Michael. <laughs> Amen. Epaphras, who is one of you, a bond servant of Christ, greets you, 
always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may send, you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has a great zeal for you and those who are in Laodicea and those in Herapolis, Herapolis, look the beloved physician and Demas greet you. Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea and Nemphas and the church that is in his house. Amen. Now, when the epistle is read among you, see that it is read also in the church of the Laodiceans, that you likewise read the epistle in Laodicea and say to Archippus, or Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. This salutation by my own hand, Paul. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm sure you are wondering all these tongue-twisting names and what they mean. If we are saying that God uses unlikely people, God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. God, we have seen that God uses the word he uses trash, isn't it? Isn't that what we've been talking about? He uses beanbags. He uses things that people will not use usually. And that is why most people rejected Jesus. The Bible says that he came to his own, by his own received him not. Why? Because the way he came was not the usual way a king will come. If he is the king of kings and is coming to the earth, then he will come in a way of majesty. He will come in a way of, 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 of glory. He will come in a way that befits majesty. But God chooses to give uh, Jesus' entrance in a manger with, with cows, sheep, goats, bleating, cow dung and poo everywhere. And then he said that this is the king. That has come in flesh. That makes it very difficult. And Paul is saying that the Jews, for, for the Jews, they seek a sign. They want to see power. They want to see something that is of worth. To say that, yes, this is God. For the Greeks, they seek wisdom, knowledge. They seek, you know, scientific proof. Today, they are, they are Jews in our day who are Christians. They seek power. So anything that doesn't look like power, doesn't look like a sign, God is not in it. So we force the men of God sometimes to go and manufacture power that they don't have. Because that one shows that God is there. So sometimes they go and bring somebody who is not a cripple, they make him a cripple, then the person comes in a certain way. Then they pray, then the person's leg is released and starts walking, and we say power. Because the Jews seek sign, they seek power. Hallelujah. That is why the church of God today is struggling. Because people are looking at the wrong places for what they think God will choose. And God is working in very subtle ways, and very, you know, ordinary ways. And people cannot accept it. But I pray that by what we have learned to, uh, in this series, we will know that God uses unlikely things and unlikely people. 
All kinds of people can be used by God. Any which way, God can appear and God can use us. Amen. So don't rule yourself out. Hallelujah. I said do not rule yourself out. The first person that is in this passage we have read that I want you to see that God uses is God uses people with a shameful past. Paul himself, the writer of this letter, was somebody who was an inflictor of of hurt and pain to the Jews. Amen. He was an inflictor of a lot of heartaches, a lot of, uh, uh, what's it called? You know, injury to the Christians. He himself was somebody that made a lot of, you know, made sure a lot of people were killed because they believed in God. Listen to what Paul says in Galatians chapter 1, verse 13 to 16. He says, that for, I have, for you have heard of my former behavior or my co- former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God and beyond measure and tried to destroy it. I tried to destroy the church. This is what Paul is saying. And advanced, Galatians chapter 1, are you there? From 13 to 16. I'm verse 14 now. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my father. For those, for when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did, I did not immediately confer with any flesh or blood and blood. Amen. He says that I was injurious. I was somebody who was persecuting the church. My sole aim was to destroy the church. The people who are trying to destroy the church are people that God can use. Are you with me? I don't, I don't know what your background is. But if God could use Rahab, the prostitute, a shameful past is not something that would bar you from being used by God. Some of us, we are not, we don't want to take a step of going further to be used by God because of what we have done. Sometimes we don't even want our, our close friends to know that we are Christians. We don't want them to know that really now we are, we are sold out for God. Why? Because our past is so horrible. And we believe that because of the past that we have, God cannot use us. But that is a lie. I say that is a lie. Moses was somebody that killed and was running away. He, had, he, he was a murderer who was a fugitive on, his, on a run. And as he was going, he went to, the, to his father-in-law, Jethro's um, house. And Jethro sent him to the wilderness to, to feed his sheep. And there the Lord met him. And there the Lord revealed himself. May God reveal himself to you. Wherever you are, may God reveal himself to you. It doesn't matter what you have been through. Allow God to use you when God comes upon you. And when it comes to, to, to use you, allow yourself. It doesn't matter. Your past is, is part of the story. I say your past is part of the story. When people look at you, they say, hey, are you the one that is being used by God like this today? Yes, I am the one. I say, yes, I am the one. 
It, it doesn't look like I can be used, isn't it? Because I was the one who was trying to destroy the church. How can God turn around and use me, the same person who was trying to destroy the church, to be the one who expands the church, the one who goes around and, and becomes a missionary, starting churches all over the place? Paul did much more than any of the apostles you can talk of. But he was the one that was the most injurious to the kingdom. Injurious to the ministry of Jesus Christ. But the same person was the one God chose. I say the same person was the one that God chose. Let us not be quick to dis dismiss people. Let us not be quick to, to write people off and say that this one cannot be used by God. This person is, is out of order. They can, no, no, do not do that. Because God has not written anyone off. Amen. I say God has not written anybody off. In Galatians 1, 13, says that for this very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst sinners, Galatians, I, I'm in 23, I think. Are you, are you in Galatians? 23, give me 23, 23, 24. But they were hearing only But they were hearing only who, no, that's not what I'm talking about, is it? Verse 13, go to 13. Galatians 1, 13. You have heard of my former conduct, how I persecuted the church beyond measure. In the ESV says that, but for this very reason, I was shown mercy, so that the worthiness of Christ, Jesus might display his immense patience. As an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. 1 Timothy 1 16. I think that's what I was. 1 Timothy 1 16. Amen. Jesus changes people for God. No, God changes people because of what he has planned already. Because of what he has planned already, he changes people. Are you with me? You may be in a wrong place. You may be in a dark place. You may be doing some bad things now. But let me tell you something. You are in the right place where God can use you. In fact, the Bible says that those who are forgiving much, they love more. Are you with me? If you look in, in history, church history, the ones who have made a great change in the, in the, for the kingdom of God are people who did so bad in their previous lives. Isn't that true? The ones that God uses the most are the ones who have a bad history, who have a very checkered past, but they are the ones that God uses. Why? Because God is sovereign. And some people know the, where they've come from, so they love him with everything they have. Brothers and sisters, let us love God with everything we have. Remember how, how dark a place you have been. And if God could save you and use you, then also have a big heart for others. Hallelujah. I say have a big heart for others so that others can be used. The good news has been preached all over the world. And I, Paul, have been appointed as a minister, a servant, to proclaim it. This is what he says. I have been appointed to proclaim it. How was he appointed? He was appointed because God overlooked his past 
You cannot be so bad that God cannot use you. I say you cannot go so far deep that down that God cannot use you. If you could use a prostitute, if you could use a murderer, I don't know how many people you have killed as yet. But if you could use a, a, a murderer, a fugitive, a prisoners. In fact, the Bible is full of prisoners being used by God. Do you know that? The most people that did, um, the people that did the most for God are all ex-convicts in the Bible. Hallelujah. So your past is not too dark for God to use. Amen. I say your past is not too dark for God to use. Give me Colossians chapter 4 verse 18. Your past, this salutation by my own hand, remember my chains. Grace be with you. Amen. He was in chains. He was in chains. He had done so much. But now he's suffering not for killing Christians, but he's suffering because he's now the choice of God. Hallelujah. The second person I want you to look at. God can use people with a servant's heart. God can use people with a servant's heart. Tychicus, verse 7. That's, we are, all this is in Colossians chapter 4. Tychicus a beloved, faithful minister and a fellow servant in the Lord will tell you all the news about me. Amen. Tychicus, that's a very nice name. Do you know the meaning of Tychicus? Tychicus means lucky, fortunate. His name, Tychicus, meant lucky. He was from Asia Minor. The location of the Colossus, so he's around, he was from the, that area, Colossus and Ephesians. That's where he was in, in West Turkey. In Colossians chapter 4, verse, verse 8, he says that, give me 8. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that he may know your circumstance and comfort your heart. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes it is not easy to find somebody with a faithful heart. I say it's not easy to find somebody with a faithful heart. You know, this guy, Tychicus, was somebody that was with Paul throughout all his missionary trips. This guy was, was not a Jew. He was a, a Gentile. He was an un, unbeliever from unbelieving stock. But when he got saved, and he followed uh, Paul throughout his mi mission, throughout his ministry, he was with him. That's why Paul calls him my faithful, faithful minister and fellow servant. He was with him throughout. These days, it's very difficult to find people who will stay with you forever. Yesterday, I was talking to a bishop friend of mine, and we were talking about this, that these days, it's very difficult to find, you know, young men and women who will be faithful and stay with you throughout ministry from beginning to end. They are going to be with you. Pour water on your hand. It's not easy to find them. In the days when the, uh, after prophet Eli Elijah had left, they were looking for a prophet or a man of God, and they could not find any. So the king asked, is there no prophet in the land? They said that there is no prophet. As for this place, all the prophets are finished. The only person we know is some guy who was a servant to Elijah. He was the one that poured water on his hands. The king said that, go and bring him. Jehoshaphat said, go and bring him, for the word of God is in his mouth. If he was a faithful minister, a faithful servant, 
of the man of God, then the anointing is on him. Hallelujah. You see, the anointing is transferred. It's transferable. Anointing always is transferred to the one that is faithful in heart and in deed. Because some people come around you, they are serving, but their heart is not with you. Hallelujah. And that is why they miss out on the anointing. They are there, but they, their heart is not with you. They have ulterior plans. They have their plans already. They are, you are a next step. A stepping stone to where they are going. So they are using you, they are using your platform for people to see them. Because they are about to launch their own ministry. So they come around. They become very, very uh, energetic, seven, just so that you give them your pulpit. And as they come and they are, oh, this guy looks very powerful. This guy, they are looking, it's a platform. It's an introduction. The next day they come to you and say, brother, pastor, the Lord has called me. And who are you to say that the Lord hasn't called you? You cannot say that the person is lying or God is lying. See, God is the most schizophrenic person. Today he says the next day he has changed. You, can, you cannot say that God is lying. The person came to, to say, God has called me to come and be your servant, to be a, a, in this church. Wherever you go, I'll go. Where, whatever you say, I'll do. Then the next day he says, by the pastor, God has spoken again. God changed his mind. God just changed his mind. But let me tell you something. If you want to see somebody who's really anointed, look for a servant. I say if you want to see anybody who is really anointed, look for a servant. Don't look for the one that is spitting fire. Don't look for the one that has big, big tongues. Don't look for the one that every time when he's praying, he's sweating. Or when he's preaching, he's sweating. No, that is not it. Find out whose hand did this person pour water. Who has he served? Well, how long did he serve for? Because in service is anointing. If you want to find out the person's anointing, check where he served and how faithful he was. Hallelujah. Yeah. It is not just, you know, knowing a few scriptures and, you know, breathing fire. No, 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 no. So, me, I'm not impressed. When you come out, first thing I'll check is that where is this person coming from? Whose hand has he poured water on? Because check the Bible. The one that receives a double portion is the one that serves. The disciples became apostles through service. They were gathering baskets of food. They were asking people to sit in line. They were bodyguards. They were ashes. They served Jesus till he left. He told them that wait in this place to receive the Holy Spirit. Then that, when they received the Holy Spirit, he, he said that if you continue to the end, then are you my disciples. Because he knew that people would forsake him along the way. So he said, continue to the end. Then you receive the anointing. Hallelujah. So check where the person has served. If they have not served anywhere, they are not anointed. Did you hear what I said? If they have not served anywhere, don't be fooled by it. They are not anointed. They are using gimmicks. Because God has order and principles. So the one that is used is the one who has served. Amen. You know, he calls him, in 2 Timothy 4.12, look at it. 2 Timothy 4.12. Quickly. And Tychicus have sent to Ephesus. Amen. He's telling you, this same guy, 
he's like his servant. He's his personal assistant. He says, I've sent Tychicus to Ephesus. And he tells the, the next verse, he says, I bring the cloak. When you go, bring my coat that I left in, with Capos at trails. Bring it when you are coming. And the books, especially the parchment, bring them. He's like his servant to Paul. He's like his, his personal assistant. Go and bring me this. Go and bring me that. Go and bring me this. But a faithful minister, the one that God has determined to use. Amen. I pray that we will become faithful in our service. Amen. I say become faithful in the service. Faithful servants are always called. We may never have heard of Tychicus. He is not talked about very much in the Bible. But his heart, he was not a Jewish person, but he was faithful. And so God decided to use him. Amen. The next person that God uses. God also uses rebels. Somebody say rebels. Now we're going to look at the bad boys that God uses. God uses rebels. The next uh, verse, we are, we are looking at all that I'm saying is in uh, Colossians, isn't it? The next verse. With Onesimus. Somebody say Onesimus. Onesimus was a rebel. He was a useless rebel in the past. Look at Philemon, chapter, verse 15 and 16. Philemon it has only one chapter. For perhaps he departed from for a while for this purpose that you might receive him forever. No longer as a slave, but more as a more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you? both in the flesh and in the Lord. You know, Onesimus was a, a, a slave, a servant, who ran away. He was a runaway slave, a runaway servant. He was a disloyal person. Hallelujah. He ran from his master. But even in that bad deeds or bad uh, state that he was in. God called him and brought him close. So he became close to, you see, Onesimus was a bad boy. Are you listening to me? He was a bad boy. So he ended up in prison. And incidentally, the prison that Onesimus was is the same prison that Paul had been put there. So through the prison, he got converted. Are you, are you getting it? So when he was released, Paul sends him back to his master and says that, receive him. I know he was bad to you. He stole some things from you. He ran away from you. He took your money and left. But now he's much more than a servant. He is a brother in the Lord. He is now being used by God. God can use rebels. That is why you, you should not be very quick to dis dismiss somebody who has rebelled against you. Somebody who was serving in the church and left. When they come back, receive them. They may be Onesimus. I said they may be Onesimus. Hallelujah. 
In Colossians 4, 9, it says that, and with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, one who is of your number. Amen. They will inform you about the whole situation here. He is now being described as a faithful and a beloved brother. This is a rebel. <laughs> I don't know whether you can, you can understand what I'm trying to say. This is a very bad boy. He ended up in prison. But God is not afraid of using bad boys and girls. Hello? I said God is not afraid of using bad boys. How many bad boys and girls are here? Give me a wave. You're a bad boy and girl. Yeah, yeah. It means you qualify. God is not nervous of you, your, your deeds. Hallelujah. He is not. No, go to Philemon uh, 11. Philemon 11. Let's look at 11. I appeal to you for my son, Onesimus, whom I have begotten while in my chains. Because he was in prison. Who once was unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you and to me. He was useless. He was a useless. Why was he useless? He was useless because he was a bad boy. Nobody likes to have a servant who is bad. He was good for nothing. Hallelujah. Good for, have you ever employed somebody who is good for nothing? You pay him, but he doesn't do their job. You have paid a barber and then the person gives you a cut that you, even this cut, your, your mother can do it better. <laughs> you go to the hairdresser and the person messes your hair up. Now the next day you go, all your hair is breaking in the, in the bath. You feel like doing something very evil to the person. He's a useless hairdresser. But now has become useful. Because God can change useless people and become, make them useful. Hallelujah. Are you being encouraged? Show him kindness. In verse 10, he says, show him kindness. Show kindness to my child. Now he's calling my child. I have become his father in faith while here in prison. I'm reading the NLT. In Philemon 10, 10 and 11, that's what I'm reading. The NLT says, I appeal to you to show kindness to my child Onesimus. I, have, I became his father in faith while here in prison. Onesimus hasn't been of much use to you in the past. But now he is very useful to both of us. I am sending him back to you and with him comes my own heart. Hallelujah. With him comes my own heart. He's now my beloved. And I'm releasing him. He's useful to us. Hallelujah. God changes the life of Onesimus when he flees to Rome. He's a runaway slave. He ends up in prison. And I wonder what he did that took him to prison. But Onesimus becomes a believer. Changes his ways. And he's now become a very useful person. Hallelujah. The next one. Traitors. The next people God uses. Traitors. People who quit. The next uh, verse. 
It's Demas, isn't it? Verse 10. My fellow minister, the next, that's uh, uh, 14. Sorry, 14. I'm doing all the bad boys, then I'll come. I want to group them. Look, the beloved physician and Demas greet you. Demas. You remember Demas? How many remember Demas? Go to 2 Timothy 4.10. Let's see who Demas is. 2 Timothy 4.10. You can see Demas there. Demas has deserted. He has forsaken me because he loves the things of this life and has gone to Thessalonica. He was, he was a worldly Christian. He was a worldly Christian. He was in church, but he was looking at the prostitutes. He was in church, but he liked drinking. So I got to a place, he came to the pastor, this type of born-again business, I think uh, I've decided that, no, I'm going back to my former life. Because my former life, I could have five, six girlfriends. I'm working with all these sisters, beautiful sisters in the church, but I can't touch them. What are you talking about, pastor? Uh, you know what, you let me go. When I, now that I'm out, I can meet them in town. And... Hallelujah. That was, that was Demas. He's a very bad boy. Having loved this present world, he decided to forget about this church thing. Yeah. This thing is too much. Comes to church. He's in church. After a while, you see him in the nightclub. He's now the, the resident pole dancer. <laughs> Kill the visual Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. But this same guy is usable by God. Do you are you trying to say to me that God didn't know that only that Demas was going to change and become a bad boy? But God is not a nervous of people who are bad. That's what I'm trying to let us know. He uses whoever he uses, he uses the trash. Amen. How many have identified yourself so far? The next one, number five. God uses people who need encouragement. Verse 17. People who are down, they, they themselves, they need en encouragement. And say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. Amen. Achippus was somebody who had problems. How many have problems? Achippus was somebody who had, he had, he had uh, money problems. He had wife problems. He had, you know, family problems. His mother-in-law was such a witch. He had problems. You know, so every time, every time, Achippus was, somebody was always in the pastor's office. Every day, pastor is counseling him. Every day, pastor has to counsel him. If it is not his boss who is about to sack him, it is landlord who is about to drive him out. If it is not his landlord, he has gone to eat some food that his wife prepared. Now he's having running tummy. Sometimes, I mean, there's problems. He had a lot of issues. It is possible that Archippus was taking care of, he, he was somebody who now ended up being the pastor of the church in Colossians, in, Col in the Colossians church. 
He was assistant to Epaphras. Epaphras was the pastor and Achipos was the main, uh, the assistant. So anytime Epaphras travels, Achipos is there. With all his problems. All his problems. His wife. Especially the mother-in-law. Such a witch. But he still had to, and he was still being used by God. Hallelujah. Your problem does not preclude you from being used by God. You have problems, yes. God knows it. But he says that I'm going to use you. Come as you are. Don't say that, Pastor, wait, let me go and solve my problems. When I solve this, my mother-in-law, let me, you know, the doctor is saying that she has about five months to go. So the prayer warriors have started praying that the four months will hurry up so that she can leave this world so fast to receive freedom. No. I said no. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how bad your issues are. You always need constant encouragement. How many sometimes feel that you always need constant encouragement? Because you, you have problems. Yeah. Now God says that you go and with all your problems, go and encourage other people. Hallelujah. I say with all your problems, go and encourage other people. Who have problems? Tell them that listen, I've been there. I am, I, I am there. I know what you are going through. I know this mother-in-law, wife, uh, family problems, husband problems, wife problems can be very, very, you know, debilitating. But still, you can be used by God. Hallelujah. That is why God uses people like us. With all our problems. So that we can empathize. We can feel the pain that you have. Because we are there. We feel it all the time. We go through it all the time. But God is using us. And if God can use us, God can use you. With all the problems. Nobody is perfect. Hallelujah. Archippus was not a uh, perfect person. He needs a lot of encouragement. Always needing encouragement. Always being so, so it's like, even the, 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 his mention, they had to encourage him that don't forget your ministry. Because he was always being distracted by his issues. Amen. Number six. God uses people who have made big mistakes. Big mistakes. Go to verse number 10. I'm sure you saw him. Archippus, my fellow prisoner, greets you with Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. How many remember John Mark? John Mark is the guy who wrote the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark. But he was the source of contention between Paul and Barnabas. Remember him? Because he, he went with Paul and Barnabas on the first missionary trip. And halfway in the journey, he decided, listen, I'm homesick. I'm tired. We've been praying and praying and praying. This church thing is not working. Pastor, I'm leaving. See, there's nothing more painful than to have somebody who's close to just get up and leave. Are you with me? Without any provocation, nothing has happened. They just get up one day and say, out of the blue, they say, Pastor, I'm leaving. Ah, where are you going? I'm going back home. What has happened? Nothing. Who has offended you? Nobody. Ah, what happened? No, nothing. I just want to go back. 
I'm going back to my Roman Catholic church. Oh! We have poured so much into you. How many camps have we taken you to? How many, you know, Bible schools have we paid for you to go? We have invested so much into you. Then all of a sudden, you just get up and say you are going. In the middle, right in the middle, it's not as if we have come back home. We are in the, in the middle of the mission, missionary work. You say, I'm packing my bags, I'm going. Acts chapter 15. Yeah, this, this mission thing, is, I'm tired, I'm tired. Every time we are eating bread, every day we eat bread. Every day we have, we are, don't remember the taste of rice. I, I don't remember the last time I had pizza. Bread, 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 bread and water, bread and water. Pastor, I'm tired. I'm going back home. And you see, because Barnabas is the encourager, consolidator, that's his name. That's the meaning of his name. The one that hugs people. He likes to embrace people. He's the nice person. When they had finished the missionary trip where John Mark abandoned them, and they were about to engage the second missionary trip. Barnabas goes back and brings John Mark. He says to Paul, let's go with him. He says, no, 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 no. This guy, remember what he did. You see, because when he left, we were so discouraged. He took a lot out of, out of us to encourage ourselves to come back, to finish the missionary trip. It was so, 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 so bad. So now you are bringing him back. I'm not going with this guy. To the point that the first time we hear in the Bible that two apostles arguing. To the point where they split up. 37. Now Barnabas was determined to take with him John called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia. And had gone and had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention, see the Bible is calling contention. The argument was so sharp that they parted from one another. So Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. Hallelujah. And Paul chose Silas and departed and commended by the brethren to, to the grace of, the, of God and they went somewhere else. Hallelujah. Are you getting this contentious person? Very, very some way. How many will agree that he's some way? I mean, if me, if this person comes again, I won't put him in that same position he was before. You see, now, now that you can go and be the, the one that, after we finish the ministry, you can sweep the place. Or, yeah, so that when you leave again, you will not bring, it won't bring so much hurt to us. Just go. Are you with me? But this same guy, you watch. He was so used by God. John Mark is called, in the Bible, he was a Jewish Christian. Mark's mother had a house in the city of Jerusalem where the early church met. So the early church was meeting in John Mark's house. In Acts chapter 12, verse 12, you see that he is his house that they were using for meetings. In fact, Mark in his letter is a proof of how God is changing his life. 
this is what, look at, um, let's go to Acts 13. You remember? Acts 13, let's look at 5 and then we look at 13. Acts chapter 13. And when they had arrived in Psalms, they preached the word in the synagogue of the Jews. And they also, they also had John, this is John Mark, as the assistant. Can you see that? He was the assistant. Go to 13. That's Acts 13, 13. And Paul and his party sailed from Papos. They, they came to, is it Pega and Pamphylia? And John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. Are you with me? He was the assistant. Their main, their key point person. And the person just departed. How many will agree that that will spoil the mission? It discourages everybody. Discourages everybody. But this same guy, in Philemon 24, Philemon verse 24, listen to what Paul says about him. As do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow laborers. This same Mark is now reunited with Paul and they become great, doing a lot of work. Hallelujah. So some, some way, sometime, during the, 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 the departure, they reunite and he becomes one of the most useful people, most profitable in fact, if you look at the, 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 the um, Paul's letters, you can see that Mark was always close by. Hallelujah. Are you with me? So let us not be quick to dismiss people who have made mistakes. Mark has made a mistake. 2 Timothy 4.11, the NLT. 2 Timothy 4.11. Are you, are you benefiting from this? Are you learning something? Only Luke is with me. Bring Mark with you when you're coming, for he's helpful to me in my ministry. He's profitable. This is the one who deserted. But now Paul has seen how Mark has been so helpful to Barnabas. He has seen how this same person that he rejected because this guy was a deserter because of one mistake. You know, sometimes we as, as pastors, we as leaders, sometimes one person, that one mistake, the person, that's what we remember. All the good he did, we don't remember. Just that mistake that he did against us. Then all of a sudden he becomes, you know, Satan's cousin. One mistake. We can't forgive. We curse the people. When they were with us and, and helping us, we didn't curse them. We blessed them. Just that one mistake, we curse them. We don't want to hear their name for the rest of their lives. We don't want to hear, for the rest of our lives, we don't want to hear their names at all. Hallelujah. But she, as he was looking at how uh, John, John Mark was being beneficial and helpful to Barnabas in his missionary work, he said to them that when you are coming, bring John Mark. I need him. So that he would do for me what he did for Barnabas. 
And now they are, they are reunited and they become one of his fellow ministers. That helps him. Amen. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 11, Colossians chapter 1 verse 11, these, including Mark, are the only fellow workers for the kingdom of God who are from the circumcision. They have proved to be an encouragement to me. Amen. He says that this, this is the person who was a source of pain sometime. Now he's calling him an encourager. Encouragement to me. Amen. My time's up, but I'm going to give you quickly. The next one. Those with sympathetic hearts. Jesus or Jesus in verse 10. One of the sympathetic people with a sympathetic heart. I touch Aristarchus. My fellow prisoner greets you with Mark, his cousin, from whom you receive instructions. If it comes to you, then go on. The, the next, uh, and Jesus, who is called Justice, that's the guy I'm talking about. He is the one with a sympathetic heart. He is somebody that helped. Good person. You see, most of the Jews in Thessalonica were pretty against the spread of, it was, they were really against the spread of, of the gospel. And it was this guy who was one of the guys that always encouraged, always sympathized with Paul and kept telling to Paul, Paul that, listen, keep going on. Don't, don't give up. We can make it. We will succeed. People like that, you need them around you. And people like that, God uses. Hallelujah. They are, they are there to be uh, uh, encouragers. So he was a committed person. Very committed to Paul. Amen. The next one. God uses people who labor in prayer. Epaphras. Hallelujah. Epaphras. In Colossians chapter 4 verse 12. 12 it says, Epaphras who is one of your number. A born servant of Jesus Christ. Sends you greetings. Always laboring endlessly for you. In his prayers. That you may stand perfect and fully assured. In the will of. In all the will of God. For I testify of him. That he has deep concern for you and for those who are in Laodicea and Heriopolis. Amen. God uses Epaphras, his labor in prayer. Listen, people who pray for us and for the church, they are very, very special people. And God uses them. The Jolof team. The team. <laughs> Hallelujah. In Colossians 1, verse 7, you have learned of the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co worker. He is Christ's faithful servant and he is helping us on your behalf. Paul gives thanks for people like Epaphras, a servant of, of God. Amen. Number 10. Let's finish. Number 9. Okay, number 9. Look in verse 14. God uses People with education and special skills. People with education and special skills. Amen. We know that Luke was a physician, isn't it? He was very educated. And God changes him from being a skeptic to a faithful believer. 
Luke is the author of the book of Luke and the book of Acts. He was with Paul throughout all his missionary trips from the conversion of Paul to till the end. Luke accompanies Paul throughout and becomes his personal physician, his personal doctor. But the funny thing about Luke is that Luke was not a Jew. Did you know that? Luke was a Gentile. Let us not be quick to dismiss people who don't look like us. I say, let us not be quick to dismiss people who don't look like us when they come to work. As the church goes on, you see people will come and they will not look like you. They will not come from where you come from. But like Luke, know that God can use them. Yeah. They are professors. They are doctors. They are lawyers. They are very... Oh, they are here already. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. It's as for here, it's only people who have, you know, a lot of uh, spiritual dialects. Uh, spiritual gift is not people who are who have uh, MBA and uh, one spiritual power, not people with M M. M what do you call that one? MH. What's yours called? Your PhD. Is it what a PhD? Uh, the one after PhD is what? <laughs> after PhD, there's nothing. Emeritus. Hmm. <laughs> Luke chapter 1, 3 and 4, we are closing. He said that it seemed, it seemed fitting for me as well, having investigated everything carefully from the beginning to write it out for you in, the, in consecutive order, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the exact truth about the things you have been taught. If you want to know the chronological order and the right specific, you know, details of any story in the Gospels, go to Luke. Because Luke, in, with his, his uh, what do you call it, intellectual brain, he writes things in order. As for the, the fisherman, the task collector, <laughs> they just, as they remember the story, they say it. <laughs> but it happened one day, and then they just, they just say what they have to say. But, but when, you, when you look at Acts of the Apostles, you can follow, you know, the sequence. They were here, and then they went here, and then they went here, and then they went here. When you take Mark, everything's brief, 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 brief. And one day, then, 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 what, you, uh, are they in Jerusalem, or have they gone to Judea? When did they come to Galilee? Then it's just everywhere. It just happened. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you see, we need intellectuals as well. We need everybody. Everybody. And when you are an intellectual, you come to the house of God, use your, your skills to benefit the house of God. Because you see, if we only had Matthew, Mark, and John, we would have been confused. Because it looks as if their stories are always clashing. How many will agree with me? When you read the story, it's like it's a contradiction because they were talking about uh, the, he, he was healing uh, ten, 10 lepers. Then, then another one says that no, it was nine, nine uh, it was nine, it's like confusion. So when there's so much confusion, go to look. 
Luke will tell you the chronological order of the, the sequence of the story. How it, it happened. Amen. Are you with me? Luke was the beloved physician of Paul's travels. He was somebody that did so much for the kingdom. How many will, will say that he, his writings have helped us? His writings have helped us till today. So I'm, I'm encouraging all of us because most of us in this room are intellectuals. Let us not leave our intellectual brain behind when we come to church. You know, sometimes because we have been, maybe when we came to church, we came to meet certain, so sometimes we, we vacate our intellectual brain and come. But the intellectual brain can be used to the benefit of the kingdom. How many understand what I'm saying? Yeah, we can use our brains. Let's use our law. Let's use our um, engineering skills, our managerial skills. Let us use it. Accounting skills. Let's use it in the house of God. Amen. Economic skills. Let's use it. The church needs all these skills. Hallelujah. 